Is this the last Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving night? We'll explain. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Give us a subscribe if you don't mind. Tell a friend as well. Hi, I'm Stephen Willis. This is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast, and this is going to be a little bit of a weird episode because we're going to talk a little Egg Bowl. We're going to talk a little Texas A&M and how that is just getting weird. And we're going to have Tom Vanderford to talk a little bit about Ole Miss sports. So stay tuned for that as well. But we'll get right into it. I think this could be the last Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving night for a while. And I will tell you why in just a second. First of all, I do want to tell you that I enjoy the Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving night. As many people know, I've got a Navy hat right behind me. That while I was in the Navy, the Egg Bowl being on Thanksgiving night meant I get, got to see it. This was in the age before games being broadcast available for everywhere. But then I got to see it. It is sure that it would be on AFN whenever I lived overseas. I would stay up to 3 o'clock in the morning and watch the Egg Bowl. I would do that every year. And that game was on, you know, there from 1998 to 2003. It stopped in 2003 just because, essentially, State became non-competitive. And Eli, just that game was not much of a game. It just kind of is what it is. But I tell you that to tell you this. I do think that game is going to be moved off of Thanksgiving. As much as I love it. I do understand people hate it. But I love it. And that's going game's probably going to be taken off of Thanksgiving due to the Texas-Texas A&M game and that rivalry being reunited. That is going to be one of the stories of 2024. It just is. Get ready for it. It's going to be loud. It's going to be a slow burn over the course of the season, and they're going to make that game into a network ratings bonanza. So they're going to probably place that on Thanksgiving night. Opposite of the NFL Network game. But if you are a Texas fan or a Texas A&M fan, it doesn't matter. The college game will likely win inside the state of Texas, even over an NFL game against the 49ers and the Seahawks. That game will be special. And that game is going to take away from the Ole Miss-Mississippi State game in a way that Ole Miss is going to go to Saturday. Now, we're not exactly sure how the TV markets are going to work once the ABC contract takes effect in 2024. It might be a situation where Ole Miss and State moves from Thanksgiving night to the 2.30 game on ABC or the 11 o'clock game on ABC right after game day. You know, or the primetime game. There's going to be many slots available, although I do think that primetime game, more often than not, is going to end up being the Alabama-Auburn game. So between Texas-Texas A&M, um, Auburn and Alabama, two pretty hefty rivals, Clemson and South Carolina, which will always be on ABC after this, there's going to be some conflict for spots. 
some really good games, some games that I'm actually really looking forward to with some conflicts for spots. And then you have the SEC Network, you have the ESPN stuff. We'll see exactly how they do this. In other words, you're going to get to see the game. It's not going to matter. But if you're a fan of watching as many games as possible on Saturday, the Ole Miss-Mississippi State game being on Saturday would be problematic. It just is. I, I'm, I am curious to see if there's going to be a Friday game. Will there be a Friday game? But I do think it's going to be the last game. I think that Texas Texas A&M game is going to be too much. The, I think the hatred that they have for each other exceeds even what Ole Miss and Mississippi State has. Now, Mississippi State and Ole Miss might have sideshow type potential, but it's, it's not to the extremes of what these Texas and Texas A&M fans have. It's interesting. It's it. It's the weirdest thing. You, you like, we make fun of Auburn fans, and there's Auburn fans in my comments all the time, just on the regular. They can't hold a candle to the Texas A&M and Texas rivalry as far as personality differences between people. It's just they lean into both ways of their personality so much. I mean, it's Matthew McConaughey against you know. Joe Cowboy, agricultural Texan, horse judging competition against dinner parties. I mean, that is literally what is set up in the state of Texas. And because of that, I do think they are going to end up getting the Thanksgiving night game. I think the competition on weekends is too much. They're going to want standalone. They're going to want something they can mark up, market, they can promote, and I think that Texas-Texas A&M game will be exactly what it is. For people that like the Ole Miss State game and the Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving, it's going to be a hard day, and I hope everybody enjoys it this year in case it goes away because this could be the last time that that happens. Um, For people that are going to celebrate it when this happens, just remember this conversation. Just because we're not loud doesn't mean we don't exist. And, you know, It just kind of is what it is. It's going to be a game that's going to be missed, honestly, by all. And the people that are going to be loudest about it are journalists, honestly, and they're working on holidays. Nobody likes working on holidays. That's the reason they don't like that game. There's nothing to do with Ole Miss. It's the fact that they're having to go to work at 7 o'clock on Thanksgiving night. Don't blame them there either. But let's just call it what it is. Just call it what it is. Anyway, when we come back, we're going to continue talking, believe it or not, about Texas A&M and a tweet by Billy Lyucci. He's it's just so weird. It's just bizarre. Anyway, today's show is brought to you by Bird Dogs. And I've told my story many times, right? Everybody knows what's happened to me. Everybody, It's on my Twitter profile, for goodness sakes. But part of me going through that was me losing half of my balance which requires for me to keep it up and not get wobbly to walk morning, noon, and night. So that's that's a little over a mile three times a day. And I need that basically to train the other side of my brain to be the balance for this side of my brain. So if you wear shorts to a theme park, out walking, you know, whatever you're doing, in the grove all afternoon, you can tell whenever you've made the wrong selection. There's certain shorts that are just not good for what you want to do. 
shorts like a shotgun is a self-teaching tool. And these bird dog shorts, who they sent two pairs to every locked-on host last week, are the, simply the most comfortable shorts I've ever put on. Period. I'm not even going off a script right now because I don't have to because I know what these things mean to me. I know what it's like. I know exactly um, what I want to say to the audience. And that are, is quite simply, these shorts are the most comfortable shorts I've ever put on. They've got stretchy material around the outside. They've got liners on the inside. The shorts come with their own underwear. And you wear that, you go through, and you'll see in my comments, if you do this, and if you call them, if you look them up online, you will post a comment in my comment section talking about how great it was and how right I was. I guarantee that. Because these are just absolutely some of the most phenomenal shorts I've ever put on. It, it just kind of is what it is. And I do want to let you know that you can go to birddogs.com slash college. And that enter promo code locked on college, all one word, locked on college, and they'll throw in a free custom bird dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. That's locked on college, the promo code, and they will throw in a Yeti style tumbler with every order. That is pretty cool. I don't even know if they're talking about a lemon in there, so you can probably do it over and over again if you order. I don't know, but you know, I mean, it's worth a shot, right? So we'll see exactly what happens with that. But if you do that, you will thank me for this, honestly. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first. Listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show. We will have Derek or Kara. This weekend um, will be Derek and Kara in the mornings. Um, one of them will be telling you what you think about Ole Miss sports. That's the, they've, got, they've got all of the opinions, basically. And one of the opinions that I'm sure they're going to hit on is this tweet by Billy Liucci, who is, I don't know what Tex-Ags is. Maybe it's an independent um, Texas A&M coverage site. Is it like, it's like Rivals, but independent or something like that. It's just it's weird. Anyway, he posted out an article written by an Ole Miss honk directly involved with sliced bread, the $30 million recruiting class lie, and yes... Ole Miss is a broke school, despite the article's desperate attempt to explain how that's not the case. A, you don't know that. You, you just don't know that at all. You're trying to rehash an argument that obviously this $30 million recruiting class, you did it. Everybody knows you did it. I mean, that's the standard operating procedures that it happened. The only people saying it didn't are the people that would be embarrassed about the fact that it failed. They're the only ones that are railing against this. And they're talking about Ole Miss being a broke school. And compared to Texas A&M's budget, yeah. There's probably 134 broke schools in the country compared to Texas A&M's budget. You guys are the Yankees. It just is what it is. But in the age of trying to find college football players, we aren't broke. If you want to relatively put us on the other 134 places on the planet, it's not a broke school right now. It's just not. And the fact that Quinshawn Judkins ran for 6,000 yards against you last season is evidence of that. The fact that we were able to keep him was evidence of that. The fact that we have three quarterbacks in our quarterback room that everybody wanted. We got him somehow. 
It either is about money or it isn't about money. Let me know. Because if it's not about money, then we can talk about the great culture that Ole Miss has. If it is about money, I just gave you examples of exactly why Ole Miss is not broke. Maybe, just maybe, you have trouble, I don't know, knowing how to invest your money. You have too much money. And therefore, you're just throwing it around to everybody. Maybe it was important that you had that number one greatest recruiting class of all time. Maybe that was the important thing. And then when it didn't work out, you had to kind of turn it over because now that money is not there. All of a sudden, that money is going in to find Jimbo assistant coaches. That money is going in to find Bobby Petrino places around Texas A&M. And that, by the way, Billy, that coup's coming. He tried it with Tommy Tuberville at Auburn. He walked out on the Atlanta Falcons in the middle of the night. We all know what happened at Arkansas. That's coming. And don't think it's not. But this was my reply to him on Twitter. It's not much, but I did want to put something in there. The cult that is Texas A&M works over time to make sure you never give them the benefit of the doubt. I don't believe in trash talk, but they literally have not beaten Ole Miss since pre-COVID, and they actively ducked Ole Miss during COVID. Now they call us broke. And it's just a weird situation. This whole thing. And between Auburn and Texas A&M, it's like the agricultural schools in the SEC just has a problem with whatever, whatever reasons with Ole Miss. It just kind of is what it is, I guess. And it's just, I, you can tell by my tone of voice how irritated I am over this whole thing. But the situation exists the way it exists. Now, the fact of the matter is, if you can't beat Ole Miss, don't talk about Ole Miss. Seriously, if you can't beat Ole Miss, don't talk about Ole Miss. If you beat Ole Miss, you can talk about Lane Kiffin and everything as much as you want to. But if you can't beat him, it just sounds like sour grapes. It sounds like as much as you have and everything going in your favor, the fact that you can't beat Ole Miss and Mississippi State, that's on you, bud. It's not on sliced bread. And I understand that you're trying everything you can to win games. It's not our fault that you're not doing it. So, to quote Will Smith, Keep Ole Miss's name out of your mouth. Beat them first. It might happen this year. Who knows? But beat them first. You haven't beat them this decade. So if you're going to lose to that broke school, it's just going to keep happening. Anyway, we're going to come back. Tom Vanderford right after this. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications, upvote the video, and comment down below. We would appreciate it. I'm here with Tom Vanderford for his weekly segment on Ole Miss football, Ole Miss recruiting, and I guess we're going to talk about Pete Golding today because Pete is everywhere. He's on fire, man. He is a wonderful recruiter, and he's uh, he's doing double duty. You know, he's filling holes in the portal, and he's making huge strides uh, with the high school kids. We've got a legit shot at the top five 
high school kids in the state. You know, we've got a uh, we've got a legit shot at Franklin. You know, I think we'll get all all the other four. I I don't know Harold Harold's flippable. I think the Tennessee commit, but I just saw today where somebody crystal balled the uh, Burnside to Ole Miss. Yeah, I think it was right David Johnson of, in two four seven. Yeah. Yeah. So, hey, we're doing it on both sides of the ball. I think. Uh, it wouldn't be surprised to me as if he hasn't uh, talked to one of these receiver recruits into playing corner. I don't know that for a fact, but we sure we sure are looking good on a lot of players. Uh, what I'm impressed with him the most is the defensive line. I mean, he is getting defensive line recruits like we haven't got since you know Kim Dichi and and those guys, you know. Um, it's very, very impressive. And I love the shark emoji thing on Twitter. I just, yeah, I love cool. it. Yeah. Be, you know, you know we, got... we went through a hmm. Yeah, we went through a phrase when, our phase when, you know, the land sharks were dead, man. I mean, it was, you know, we went through a phase where it was just over. And he's bringing that back. And I, I hope to see some of this this year. Yeah. You know, I hope to see for that. And uh, I think we've, I think we're going to have a well coached defense this year. But I'm really looking forward to the future of this defense. He's not playing, man. He's, he's, he's patching holes for now. And he's also uh, building for the future at the same time. It's amazing. You know, one thing I put on Twitter, one thing I put on Twitter was you've seen all this stuff and Pete Golding has been extremely active in the transfer portal and he's all over defensive line. He's all over defensive back, but not one linebacker in this um, summer portal, which tells me that room's probably better off than the internet experts like myself have any idea about um, or, and Santarian Perkins could be the dude. He's the one coming in as reinforcements, and he's going to play quite a bit. But I think it's kind of interesting that Pete Golding is kind of ignoring the linebacker position at the moment. Yeah, I think it is too. I think we've got some really good depth for running two linebackers. I mean, we really do. And even if one of them ends up being a Husky type or whatever they call it in this defense – you know, I, I think Suntarian be a perfect fit for that. But um, he needs help in the in the defensive backfield, and, and obviously he wants enough depth on the defensive line in the defensive backfield where he can do a lot of substituting, you know, when we when we go against these high powered offenses. I'm I love the James Madison kid. Equu. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Look at his tape, and he's like, oh, my gosh, he reminds me of Marquis Haynes. You know, he's just – he's he's fast off the ball. He's a good – you know, so I like that kind of player, and it's been a while since we've had, had that. You know, we're going to be better on defense than we have been in the Lane Kiffin era, in my opinion. The, the, the offense is going to be – 
whether people want to gripe about it or not, it's true. It's going to be another top 10 offense. Mm-hmm. As long as Kate Lane Kiffin's at Ole Miss, we're going to have a top 10 offense. That's just how it goes, how it rolls. But I'm really excited about the defense and the coaching and the recruiting. Yes, and um, also today, ESPN released the time, I think it's 6.30 Central or something, for the Ole Miss State game, Thanksgiving night. And on this show, as you all know, if you all have made it to this point, I talked about how I have a soft spot for Thanksgiving and the Egg Bowl just because of when I was in the Navy and, and how that was instrumental because 99 to 2003, um, actually – the spring of 2004, but all of those football seasons, I was in the Navy. So it was really those AFN games, those special games. That was a chance for me to see Ole Miss football. So that shapes my view of it. I realize that several people are against it. What are your thoughts on the fact that a, the game is on Thanksgiving at least one more time and B, I don't know if that is going to last past next season. Well, my personal thoughts are, I, and I've been to lots of Thanksgiving Ole Miss games. Uh, I was actually at uh, Eli Manning's last Ole Miss game down in Starkville in uh, 2003, I think it was. But it's a neat thing, but at the same time, you know, Thanksgiving's such a big holiday, and it's a lot easier to go on Saturday if you've got to like me, I'm, you know, when I was a kid, we went to the grandparents and ate, and then we could split and do whatever we want to. Well, now, you know, we're the grandparents. So everybody, everybody comes to our house now. So it, you know, it, it, for me personally, it'd be a lot easier to go on Saturday, but I I must admit, you know, my, my tummy's full. I'm, I'm laid back and I'm watching Ole Miss football you know, it, it's it's not a bad gig, you know, either way. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of those things where if it goes away, I mean, heck, 2014, that epic Egg Bowl, that was a Saturday game. The Stuart Patridge game was a Saturday game. There, I mean, it doesn't necessarily matter competitively if the game's on Thursday or Saturday. Like I said, it's, I just have a south spot um, because of my time in the Navy. Mount. Let's change gears back a little bit. Who do you think will be next in recruiting? We saw a shark emoji this morning. Who do you think is the next one? Oh, I, I so want it to be Franklin or Waller. You know, they've got him. Waller's basically crystal ball dust, but I'd like to see some. I'd like to see a commit. I hope it's one of those two guys. Yeah, I think those two are going to be signing day type signings. The one I'm waiting on every time I see the shark emoji or anything with commitments is Caleb Odom, the tight end out of Georgia. Um, or oh, yeah. I should say yeah. big wide receiver. He He's the guy I'm yeah. waiting on at the moment. But I think this yeah. shark emoji is probably for one of the two defensive back transfers that came on campus for a visit Um over the past three or four days. Oh, yeah, the kid from Tulane is he is he visited yet? Yeah, he has, and I think he's in at North Carolina now, which makes me think that's not him. But I think okay. there might also be a kid from UCF um, that is in the portal 
that is visiting at the moment. So we'll see exactly how that okay. goes. If, there's an, if they get another cornerback, this is interesting to me. If they just keep getting cornerbacks, it's almost like Mike Bianco and shortstops. That he's in the yeah. defensive backfield, they're just going to sign cornerbacks and they're going to move them around the defensive backfield to do whatever. But they need to make sure they can cover first. Well, exactly, exactly. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not one that's going to question uh, what Pete Golding's doing. I'm not going to question what Lane Kiffin's doing in recruiting because both of them are proven commodities in that area. You know, I've got some Alabama friends that are like, good luck. Y'all got Pete Golden, good luck. Hey, I'll, I'll take a top 10 defense every year. You know, I, I've got no problem with Pete Golden. So, I'm going to be honest. If we can have a top 10 defense with the offense that Lane Kiffin has, I hate to break it to yeah, everybody, oh yeah. but Ole Miss is going to be in the playoff every year. Uh, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I think his goal, I think that's Kiffin's goal. I think he's kind of – uh, realized that Oxford's a pretty good place to be. You know, he put a tweet out the other day that his daughter talked him into staying, and then she talked him into singing metal at her at her party. So, and and you know, she's gonna be a rebel. So, you know, kids, kids, kids uh, have a lot of pull with parents. You know, you know it's interesting to me that Lane Kiffin was a Les Paul guy. I don't know if I saw him as a Les Paul guy with with his axe when he's out there playing nothing but a good time by poison. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was awesome. Yeah. That was awesome. And it's, it gives another reason to like the guy. I mean, you know, sometimes he's kind of socially awkward, but, you know, other times he's just, he's just, a, he's a, he's a peculiar, peculiar person. But you got to love the guy. I love the guy. Well, he's a one-in-a-million person, and I can respect that a little bit yeah. because I'm a little bit the same way, that I just genuinely do not care what other people think one way or another. I'm going yep. to do, you know, I'm going to do what I want to do um, nine times out of ten regardless. And, and Lane's the same way, whether it's running the football program or handling his kids and things like that. It That one-in-a-million is going to happen. And I, he, he's just an interesting personality. A friend of mine named Cardit Krishnire, who is in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, let me know that either FIU or FAU or the University of Miami, I forget which South Florida university it is, and it might be FAU just because Lane was there, but they teach a class on social media with Lane Kiffin, like Lane Kiffin's social media. They, they teach how to social based off of that. That's how good he is at doing that. And I think that's oh, yeah. pretty cool. He's wonderful at it. Mm -hmm. By the way, speaking of social media, congrats on the Lane Kiffin retweet. Thank you. Yeah, yeah that that video um, got 2,000 extra views because of that share. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. It basically meant that I could do my Egg Bowl video and not worry about the view count because those views have already been bagged. Because me talking about the Thanksgiving Egg Bowl, I'd have no idea how today's video is going to go. Right, exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah, it's a hot button off um, thing, but it might be a situation where a small minority is just really loud that might be interested in that, and everybody else just doesn't care when that game is. So we'll see. We'll see what it does. But I put Deuce on the cover from the 2000 Egg Bowl. 
the Romero to Deuce game. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Titled it last Thanksgiving question mark. Yes, yeah, I'm 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 trying to be as clickbaity as possible. Hey, do whatever it takes, buddy. Yeah, I always tell people. Um, whenever people say we're not a clickbait site, yes, you are. If you're not, you're out of business. Everybody's right, a clickbait exactly. site. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show. We'll have, let's say, Derek Vandegrift or Kara McCutcheon. Either we'll be talking about a postmortem on Ole Miss's baseball season or Kara McCutcheon will come by to talk about social media in which somebody from Texas A&M referred to Ole Miss as broke. So we just we talked about that today as well. So anyway, thank you, Tom, so much for stopping by, and I will um, see you next week, buddy. Yes, sir. Hotty toddy. Hotty toddy.